Hi friends! Long time, no talk, no joke. I had to go pull my mic out of my bedroom table drawer where it has been stored for the last, oh, seven months or so since the last time I talked to you guys. When I recorded my last episode back in April, I had no idea it would be so long before I was back in front of this mic again, but I'm finally here and I'm excited to be back talking to you. It has been about seven and a half, eight months since the last time I talked to you here. Honestly, it just feels like a few weeks or a few months. These last few months have just flown by. Today, I'm going to be sharing the birth story of my sweet boy who is now six, almost seven months old, a few days away from being seven months old. And I'm going to get into that here in a few minutes, but I want to spend a few minutes just kind of catching up. It's been so long. It feels weird just jumping back in. So I wish this were face to face and we were having a conversation over coffee or some other delicious cozy drink, but I guess my MacBook and my mic will have to do for now. So since we last talked, like I said, I had a baby boy. His name is Rowan. He was born in May and I took the entire summer off and slowly started back to working with clients in, I think around September, just trying to figure out how to work with two kids when being a baby is very different than it was with just one. But I'm learning to be as flexible as possible and very much just lower the expectations for what I think a work day should look like. I love helping people overcome their health obstacles and I still very much feel called to that, but also recognize that this isn't the season for me for that to be my main priority. And that feels kind of hard because my, you know, heart feels pulled in two places, but I do really want to make sure that I'm taking advantage of this time that I have and this gift that I have with my kids while they are small. And so I'm very much aware of my capacity right now. Hence, eight months of radio silence over here on the podcast. I'm hoping that as we get into the new year, the plan is for that to become more regular, but also just knowing it's not going to be what it once was. And that's okay. I will show up when I can and how I can and provide as much valuable content as I can. So in all of this time away, uh, my daughter also started school, which has been a whole new experience for all of us, and honestly just really kind of changed our pace of life. Um, but she's doing really well, and we're really thankful for that. Both of my kids have had some health challenges to overcome in the last few months, which has also taken a lot of my mental energy and time. And I really feel very grateful for the network of people around us who have pointed us to helpful resources that have been so valuable when it comes to helping them overcome these different things. I've talked a little bit about my daughter starting therapy and doing equine therapy for anxiety, which has been such a blessing and has really helped her. And then I talked a little bit about my journey into the CFT world, which is craniosacral fascial therapy. Um, I talked about that a few weeks ago on Instagram, which side note, for any (laughs) Like remotely consistent day-to-day um, content, Instagram is definitely going to be the place where that comes from. So if you're not following me, you can follow me there at Your Health Forward. But uh, I'll share more about that. I'm planning to do a couple episodes about CFT in the new year and just explaining a little bit more about what that is and how I'm planning to incorporate that. 
But like I said, I finished that training that was in the beginning of November. And so I've already been able to start working with a couple of sweet little babies in addition to my own babies. And I'm really excited to see where this new adventure leads and really grateful for the ability to have something to use to help um, these little babes find some relief and help their families as well. So many more details on that to come. So I think that pretty much catches us up at least all the major highlights to where we are now and I'm excited to share Rowan's birth story with you today. I know that I had had a few people asking are you going to do that? When is that coming? Um, So I know this is a long time coming so let's just go ahead and jump in. Hey friends I'm Elena Davis your integrative health coach and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. I really wish I would have written a lot of this down right after I had Rowan because a lot of these details are foggy now at six months postpartum, but I will do my best to remember a lot of the details. So I had a planned cesarean section with Rowan. My delivery with Remy was very long and very hard on my body. And after delivering her, I had multiple providers, including my OB and my pelvic floor therapist, tell me that they would strongly recommend if I had more children that I have a C-section. And so I had to do months and months of therapy after her delivery. And I knew I really didn't want to repeat all all of that again. And they also had said that there were some changes that I just healing would not be the same again they weren't really sure how that would go and so after weighing all of that uh, I decided early on that likely a c-section was going to be the best bet for me this time around Um, they gave me an estimate of his weight and size at my 36 week appointment and that confirmed my decision y'all I don't know why but I have really big babies, which is hilarious because I'm 5'4", and that does not exactly add up. Um, he was also transverse for most of my third trimester, probably because he was out of space in there. Um, and he would occasionally be head down when I would go in for like a chiropractic appointment or something, but he would just not stay that way for more than a few hours. So every time I would start to doubt if I was making the right choice with having a C-section, because obviously, you know, there were doubts that came in and that's not how I really wanted this to go. Um, but every time I would start to doubt if that was the right choice, something would confirm that, yeah, that was going to be the best option for me. And Honestly, I really did go into it having a piece about that decision. So the morning of my due date, I was supposed to go into the hospital at 530 in the morning and was scheduled to be in the OR at, I think, 730. And I had, of course, a really hard time sleeping the night before just with all the feelings. I was nervous about the surgery. I was excited for meeting this baby. I had been growing for 40 weeks. And honestly, I was a little also like sad and uncertain because there was a chapter of our life, a really sweet one that was coming to an end. And I knew that our family was about to change forever. And so all the feelings, my alarm went off, I think not very long after I actually fell asleep and it was time to get up and go. My in-laws came down to stay with Remy here at the house while we were in the hospital. So I think they got here around like 4.30 that morning. 
And the plan was to quietly slip out of the house without waking her up since it was so early in the morning. But when I called to check in for the hospital and make sure they were ready for me, they were like, hey, we're kind of full. Can you push your arrival back an hour? So since we had a little bit of time to spare, we were pretty much ready to go when I made that call. Um, we decided to go ahead and wake her up and just spend a few minutes snuggling her and spending time with just her like really intentionally before we left. And she was really excited about meeting her baby brother. She was also a little teary that I wasn't going to be home for a few nights. So it was good that we did that. And that was a really sweet moment with, um, our little family is the last few moments is family three. So it was really sweet. Um, we, when we did arrive at the hospital, I think we got there around 630 or so we got checked in. And, um, it's actually funny. I used to work at this hospital where I was delivering and I would usually, um, have a meeting every month at that time. I would have to go into work at 630 in the morning for this like big board meeting that I helped with. And, um, it felt so strange for me walking in at that time. It was so familiar. And that was goodness, five, almost five years ago. So that just, it was, it kind of started the morning off in a little bit of like a nostalgic, but also weird feeling. Um, once we got up on the L and D floor and I got into a room, it was right at shift change. And so we, Scott and I just kind of sat there quietly for a few minutes. I mean, it was probably five, it felt like 20, but I remember just looking at the clock and looking at him like, okay, I'm supposed to be in the OR at seven 30. How is it going to happen? Little did I know how <laughs> how true it was that I was not going to make it into the OR by 7.30. So one of my best friends, Chrissy, she used to be um, a labor and delivery nurse there. And she's still pretty good friends with a lot of the nurses. So she has a little bit of pool. And she had called ahead and found out, you know, who the nurses were going to be and she told me all about the nurse I was going to have and just how she was a good friend of hers and she spoke so highly of her. So I, I had, that had already like set my mind at ease. So I knew who was going to be coming in to help. And when she came in, we chatted for a few minutes, talked about Chrissy, how great she was. <laughs> and then we started getting everything going. And one thing about me is that I have horrible veins. Even getting just a normal blood draw is usually a really big ordeal for me. I typically have to be referred to like a lab core somewhere for an expert level, um, someone to draw my blood. Phlebotomist, is that what that's called? I think so. And um, getting an IV is always difficult for me. And so I was really dreading that. And I always have to give the nurse a spiel about how I'm a hard stick. And then usually they think I'm just being dramatic and they kind of overlook it because you can kind of feel my veins. Um, but when you go to stick them, they roll, hide, jump, collapse, whatever. Um, and so when I had a Remy, it took five tries to get my IV before it worked. And that was pretty miserable. One time, actually, when I was going to have surgery, um, I had 12 sticks before they actually got it. And then it blew on the way to the OR. And I ended up waking up with a um, IV in my neck. So that was definitely traumatizing. I'm a little traumatized from that. So I really just started off with like, Hey, I'm really hard sick. This is what's happened. I really don't want to repeat any of that. And, um, I was really praying it was going to be a quick success this time. Of course, you know, when you're having any type of surgery, you can't have anything to eat or drink 12 hours before, which is also not helpful when you have tiny, really stubborn veins. So 
They attempted one time. It failed. Thankfully, my nurse decided just to go ahead and go get someone else to see if they could do it, which I really appreciate that when a nurse puts her own ego aside and doesn't just try over and over and over and goes and gets someone else. That um, always is a sign of a good seasoned nurse to me. But um, while she was looking for someone, there was um, one of the anesthesiology, I guess he's a resident, um, had come in to go over what I could expect to happen in surgery. And when he was in there, he noticed, uh, hey, you don't have your IV yet. Is everything okay? And um, I just kind of explained what was going on. And so he's like, hey, I don't have a whole lot of patients right now. I have this ultrasound machine out here. Um, could I start your IV for you? And so the nurse was there and she was like, yeah, actually, that would be great. And so I found out later that typically in order to get that service, you have to go through, I think they said like six or seven attempts of um, an IV in order for them to call anesthesiology. So I was so thankful. That was such a blessing, such an answer to prayer that the Lord sent him in when he did, because I didn't have to go through all of that. And so he came in and chatted with me. He used his ultrasound uh, equipment and he got the IV on the first attempt. So I was very thankful. He also um, was the anesthesiologist that was with me the whole day through surgery prep and surgery. And he was like joking with me the whole time. And he just really set my mind at ease. So I was so, so thankful for him. I was jokingly like calling him my good luck charm all day. Um, just because he was so great in the OR as well. So after getting my IV in, we had to wait on the OR to be ready. Little did I know that there was a lot of stuff going on on the floor. There were several complications. There were several um, stalled out deliveries. And so I kept getting bumped every time they were like, okay, the OR should be ready in like 15 minutes. They'd come back in and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, but somebody had to go in front of you. So I see, I think I was supposed to go to the OR at 730 and I did not even start moving towards the OR until 12. So I was a little frustrated by that because I was starving and tired um, and just, you know, eager and anxious to get this thing going. But I also just kept trying to remind myself that I was really thankful that I could be bumped because that meant that baby and I were both good and stable and there was nothing emergent happening with us um, like was happening with those other moms. So around noon, they came in and said, okay, it's finally your turn. And so things started happening really fast. We had a few more papers to sign. She started my fluids. I'd had my IV port, but um, she hadn't started any fluids for me yet. And so we got all that going and off to the OR we went. So as I'm thinking back through all of these details, and uh, especially thinking back through that newborn postpartum haze, I want to take just a little detour real quick and share with you about this new kind of productivity hack that I was introduced to recently. And it's one that is very needed for postpartum moms, but not just postpartum moms, anyone, anywhere that struggles with focus or productivity or procrastination or just a general lack of energy. It's this little drink called Magic Mind, and I mean little, literally. It's only, I think, two ounces is the bottle size. It's really just a small, cute little bottle, but it is packed full of nutritious, brain-power-boosting ingredients. So it's made with a blend of matcha green tea, which... You guys, if you follow me, you know I'm all about some matcha. That's one of my favorite things. Um, but what I love about it is that brings really sustained energy without any jitter. So you don't kind of get that 
um, spike and crash that sometimes you can get with coffee, um, with the green tea. And so it also has nootropics in it, like lion's mane and cordyceps, the different mushrooms that support mental clarity, but it doesn't taste like mushrooms, which is the best. They also help to bust brain fog, which my goodness, that is something I absolutely need all the time (laughs) right now. Um, It also has things like adaptogens. It has ashwagandha in it, which is a favorite of mine, rhodiola, which is, they're both natural stress support. Rhodiola is also natural energy support. Also without that, without jitters or without that crash that often comes later from like an energy drink or a whole bunch of caffeine or something like that. It also only has three grams of naturally occurring sugars in it. So Again, it doesn't spike your blood sugar. It doesn't make you have like that hangry feeling you can get sometimes when you have just coffee on an empty stomach. You guys know that I, I don't like that. I teach that that's not the best way to go. Um, but I like that this is something that I can get up and just take in the morning because it, it doesn't do any of that. It doesn't spike your stress hormones. It doesn't spike your blood sugar. So that makes it made it super easy for me when it came to postpartum because it's something I could just grab really easily shoot it back and know that it was going to help my energy throughout the day um, without causing any of those negative side effects so like I said I've taken it first thing in the morning before heading out maybe for a school drop-off I've also really loved drinking it in the afternoon if I start to feel a little draggy it's just so easy it's already done I don't have to make it I just grab it from the fridge and drink it I really love that it doesn't have any negative effect my adrenals or my hormones as well so that's something I'm very mindful of and I really teach that it's important to be intentional about that so actually one day I gave it to my husband one afternoon he came in from his office complaining about how tired he was and he just couldn't think and he had meetings and so I was like well let me just give him one of these honestly I wanted to test it out and see because he didn't know anything about it so I was like here just take this and see so he drank it and went back out and later on that evening I said hey so how did you feel like from from taking the magic mind did you feel any more energetic or did you notice anything and he was like oh yeah I totally forgot that I was even tired so I guess it works (laughs) so that pretty much sums up how I feel when I take it it's not like this crazy jolt of energy that you get from some of these really synthetic products that are full of chemicals that are going to really alter your brain. Um, It just naturally supports your energy, which is much healthier for you. It's much more sustainable and long lasting, which I really like. So if you have any issues with productivity, brain fog, lack of focus, maybe a drop in mental energy in the afternoon, I recommend trying out a 30 day supply of Magic Mind. If you hate it, or if it doesn't work for you, which I kind of doubt, they offer a full money back guarantee, which is cool. Um, you can order Magic Mind for yourself. Try it out for yourself by going to magicmind.com slash Elena D. It's A-L-A-I-N-A-D. And using the code Elena D20 for 20% off of a one-time purchase. Or if you for a subscription, you actually get over 50% off of your first subscription. So that is a great deal. Again, that's magicmind.com slash Elena D and code Elena D20 to get at least 20% off of your purchase. And I'll have all that in the show notes as well. So I just wanted to tell you about that because I think that has been such a game changer for me. And I think it will be for you too. Okay, so where was I with the story? 
yeah, we're finally heading back to the OR, right? So I remember feeling super nervous when they wheeled me back to the OR. I really had not been nervous all day. I told you, like I came into it, I was a little, you know, anxious and eager, but really not nervous about anything, even through all the IV drama. But something about wheeling back to the OR, that is a part of the hospital I've never been in. It's something I've not experienced in this way. And so I was really nervous. I started getting like jittery and shaky. And that's also the time they gave Scott instructions to go get geared up. So he went to go do that, left me at the door. They start wheeling me back. And I really thought it was odd because they wheeled me all the way back to the OR door in the bed. And then they had me get up and walk into the actual OR. I'm sure there's a reason, but having worked in that hospital, I know that there's policies and procedures and reasons behind everything they do. I'm not exactly sure what that one was. <laughs> it was a very odd feeling to me, but I was like, okay, you know, typically when I've had surgery, I'm out when they wheel me in or I, I should be out and I'm having a panic attack or something. Um, but I'm wheeled in on a, on a bed, like on a gurney and then transferred to the other bed. This time I just got out of my bed and waltzed right in. It was very weird. Um... But once I got in there, they got me situated on the operating table. They were all great. They were all trying to talk to me, trying to keep me distracted. They were getting ready to do the spinal block, which I was very nervous about. Um, I just think everything, all the emotions from the day and all the nerves started catching up with me in that moment because I started getting really shaky um, even before the medicine had gone in. And so the nurses and, and like I said, my anesthesiologist, they were all really great. They kept asking me questions about my daughter and about what we were naming the baby and what the nursery looked like and what our plans were for the summer. And they were very good at their jobs. And I was very, very impressed with how well they were handling all of that while also being extremely focused on what they had had to do. So once they got the spinal block in, they laid me back, they started prepping me for the procedure. I got very numb very fast. And before I knew it, they were ready to start. Um, my anesthesiologist was by my head the whole time. He was checking in on how I was feeling. He was explaining sensations that I might feel or I might have, questions that I could ask if I felt, you know, like I needed to. And um, he was just helping me be as comfortable as I could be on a, you know, OR table. Just within a minute or two, Scott came in. And then within a few minutes of him walking in the door, my OB announced she was ready to start. And I think maybe it wasn't even five minutes before I heard her say, oh, lots of hair. And she dropped the little window that was on the drape so that we could see. And she held up the sweetest, chunkiest baby boy I have ever seen in my life (laughs) so that Scott and I could get a good look at him. And it was crazy how... I just fell in love with him immediately. You know, I had like, what's it going to be like being a boy mom? I've been a girl mom for five years. I have no idea what to expect. And it just, it was instant. Everything just changed in the moment that my eyes landed on him. And he looked so much like Remy when she was first born. So that was really blowing our minds. And it was so fun just to like compare them and how they looked alike and how they looked different. And uh, it honestly had kind of felt like I'd given birth to the same kid twice because they were almost the same size. They had almost the same amount of hair. She had a little more hair than he did, um, but they looked so similar. And so my OB held him there. She probably held him there for at least a minute um, while they did everything they needed to do with the cord and all of that. And they, she just let us look at him and soak him in. And that was such a sweet moment for us. And then they took him over to do a quick little assessment and they started working on putting me back together. And I remember I started to feel a little bit lightheaded at that moment. Um, 
and my anesthesiologist had told me like, Hey, this can happen, you know? Um, and my friend Chrissy had prepped me too, like, Hey, after the baby's out, that's when you can kind of start to feel bad. So don't let that alarm you. And I was really thankful for all the prep (laughs) that they had given me, but I looked at him and said, Hey, my head's starting to hurt. I'm feeling a little funny. And he had already noticed it and said, Hey, your blood pressure dropped. I already noticed it. I've already pushed a med. You're going to feel better in about 30 seconds. And sure enough, I did. And so I was so thankful that I didn't get really sick or nauseated or feel really weak or anything. I was very alert. Um, Scott and I were chatting the whole time. They brought Rowan up over to Scott and let him hold him. And so we got to look at him while they were finishing putting me back together. And I think maybe that part lasted maybe 20 minutes or so. It really wasn't that long. Um, but it just went by so fast because we were staring at him and, you know, talking about what he looked like and just honestly couldn't believe here's this human that was just inside of me. And now he's on the outside. That's such a surreal feeling. But um, I do remember commenting to my OB that, I mean, from the minute she pulled him out, I could breathe so much better, even being mostly numb. And she was like, I'm, I'm sure he was sitting right up under your lungs. Um, he weighed nine pounds, two ounces, and he was 21 and a half inches long. So he was a long, chunky baby boy with a full head of dark brown hair. And then within a few minutes, the OB said she was finished and everything went really well. There were zero complications. I was so, so, so thankful. And just, I remember feeling super relieved that I didn't feel bad, that I, you know, for having major surgery, it went as well as it possibly could have. And I'm so thankful. Um, Scott handed Rowan to me as they were going to wheel us over to the recovery room. And I got to immediately hold him, do skin to skin with him. He started nursing immediately. And we just had that like lovely golden hour of soaking him in and just getting to be the three of us, which I was so thankful. You know, I wasn't sure how that would go with a C-section. Sometimes you hear horror stories and obviously mine was planned. It was not emergent. And so things there's going to be different scenarios going on based on how healthy mom is or how healthy baby is but I was really thankful that it was you know it was all as natural as possible um as a surgery can be and so I was just really again I was really thankful for that once I could feel my legs again and everything looked good and we were both stable they moved us over to the postpartum floor where we were going to spend the rest of our stay and (laughs) god bless my parents they've been waiting in the waiting room all morning I'd actually told them like don't come don't come until it's over because I just had a feeling, you know, you never know how things are going to go with surgery. Um, but they got there super early and just hung out all day waiting for us. And so we actually, they were in the waiting room and for some reason, and I don't understand this either, but when they wheel you to your room, you actually kind of go through the waiting room. And so they met us there and they got to see us and walk to our room with us, which ended up being kind of cool. But for people that are more private, I thought, mm, I don't know that people would like this <laughs> being wheeled through the waiting room. Anyway, so they visited us for a while and then Scott's family came and brought Remy up to our room and watching her meet her baby brother for the first time was such a sweet moment. I, I will never forget her jumping up and down and dancing around. She was just, I mean, pure excitement, pure joy. And it was really sweet. And it was a moment I had prayed for many times when, you know, she was little and wanting a little brother or sister and honestly not sure if that was going to happen. And so that was just a really sweet 
moment for us. Um, we were in the hospital for two days before they discharged us. And both of us did really well with recovery. I mean, I, again, had had surgeries for endometriosis, but those are all like one day, you know, you go home the same day. Um, and they are all laparoscopic. So I was not sure how like an actual full major surgery, how I was going to do, but I was really surprised that I did really well. Obviously I was in a little bit of pain and I had a hard time getting up the first time, but they are quick to get you up and get you moving and to just come in and make sure they stayed on top of meds and made stop, made sure they stayed on top of everything to kind of speed up your recovery as much as possible. So I got up um, moving that evening. And then the next day started taking just really short walks around the floor, um, trying to, you know, get my body moving and get the anesthesia worked out of my body as quickly as possible. And they, they really did a good job of managing that. And I was really appreciative of that. Obviously, it's hard to sleep in the hospital unless you're my husband. (laughs) He could sleep anywhere, but I was so tired. Um, but you know, I just, I really could not sleep because they're just constantly coming in and checking on you. And I'm a very light sleeper. So if I get woken up, I can't go back to sleep really easily. Um, so, you know, hospital stays are not super restful, but Rowan was a dream. He slept like an angel baby. He nursed really well. Um, at least I thought he was at the time. We ended up having some nursing issues later. Um, but at the time, he was doing great. And I was really thankful for that. My, I, th- I think that's probably my only regret from our hospital stay is that lactation came in three or four times saying, like, can we help you? Do you have any questions? And I just, I had breastfed Remy for a long time. And I felt seasoned in that. And <laughs> Rowan latched very quickly. And so I kind of thought, like, I'm good. You know, I'm good to go. And it wasn't until I got home, really, that I realized that he had some latching issues. He actually had a lip tie, which um, we'll talk more about when I do um, my episode talking about how I got into craniosacral fascial therapy. But um, we had to get his lip tie released. And so once I realized all of that, I knew I was going to need some help. So I was able to have a lactation consultant come out and help me um, after the fact. But I think I could have saved myself at least a week or two of pain if I would have been more open to help in the hospital. So there, take that as my word of warning, no matter how many times you've done this or how seasoned of a mom you are, just always take the help. Always let them evaluate and look because people catch things that you don't, especially in a time like that where you're kind of sleep deprived and out of it and have been through a major surgery. So just don't assume you have it. Just just accept the help. (laughs) All in, I really could not have asked for a better C-section experience. It obviously was not my preference for giving birth, but I feel confident that that was the best choice for what my body needed. And I'm really thankful for the team that I had during delivery. I'm thankful for all of the resources and help I had beforehand and after. I think doctors and nurses can really make or break the experience in that type of situation. And mine truly were all wonderful. And I'm just really thankful for that. I also think the um, just work that I had done prior to having surgery of trying to prep my body to help my immune system be as healthy as it could be and trying to make sure that my nervous system was working optimally by receiving chiropractic care during my pregnancy and everything was positioned as well as it could. I think all of that did also help the experience and my healing to go as quickly as it could. I'm actually going to do another episode all about recovering from a C-section because this one's getting pretty long and if I go into that, it's going to be forever. So I'm going to 
stop here and do another episode all about that. If you have questions about postpartum recovery from a C-section, maybe you think you're going to have to have one, you have questions about it, what helped, what didn't, please shoot those over to me. I would love um, to hear from you. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Again, you can find me at your health forward there. And um, we will get into that on another episode. So that is it for today. You'll have to come back and listen to that to get all the details about postpartum recovery. But I'm glad to be back with you guys. I'm glad to have been able to share his story. And yeah, I'm, I've missed it. This was fun. We'll talk to you guys next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.